This podcast is not meant to be informative or educational and has the potential to be completely irrelevant. This is Robin Jack. Hello. And welcome to this episode of Property Jam, where we talk about everything on the human side of property. And we made it finally. It's only taking us about an hour to hit the record button. And, um, and turn it uh, off. And turn and it turn, off. And turn it off. On, we, off. We had a bit of fun uh, on, on the way here. But uh, you know, Joe was like, it was a bit, hits a bit record. She's like, hey, hang on a minute. Hang on. And so we, we stopped it. Um, and then Niall had something to say, so we stopped it. And it took a little while to get here. But anyway, we are here again, and it is just the three of us again. Uh, we have no guests. In fact, we're guestless. Oh. Oh. In fact, is that, I think that's sometimes a good thing, because we can get into um, some of the details, stories that are kind of going around our world, because there seems to be quite a lot going on at the moment in property investment. I don't know whether it's you or something in the air, but um, lots of weird oddities, you know, stuff happening, which uh, you know, do, it doesn't normally happen day to day. Um, you have nothing go, you know, go wrong for like two years and all of a sudden everything goes wrong at once. So, um, you know, you heard about some of the, uh, the trials and tribulations of uh, flooring last, last week. Um, and this week we've got trials and tribulations of, uh, guess what? Flooring. More flooring. Uh, <laughs> Flooring with a watery twist, though, right? And a dog. And a dog. <laughs> yeah, the flood, the dog, and the and the roof. Yeah, and the roof. It is water. Water getting where it shouldn't be. Ooh. I think that's our theme for today. Um, and yeah. so let, let's begin by telling a little tale. So back at the end of July. Um, one there was a massive downpour in the northwest and it meant that on one of the streets we've got one of our hmos the a, a lot of the lots of basement rooms um and the whole basement flooded um but it flooded up through the through, through the toilet and through the shower so you've got sewage backing up um so not pleasant by anyone's books so i got the phone call from the tenant saying this has happened uh, it was a kind of at night, so there was very little we could do about it there and then. So the tenant offered to rip the carpets up and take them outside, at least so it didn't fester and smell. So um, obviously we said, yes, that's OK. Go ahead and do that because um, he has a dog, a very big dog. Um, so they didn't really have anywhere else to go and stay. So um, it was a bit but it was something that we needed to sort out. So we tried to sort it out and get some round to, to fix the issue. And um, because he's got this big dog, he, the, the tenant has to be there at the same time. Um, and the tenant, uh, despite working over the road, um, was finding it difficult to come and meet, meet contractors. Well, the first thing was difficult to get contractors out at the moment because everyone's so, so busy. And, and, and even the people that we used to rely on are proving unreliable. Um, so we would get a contractor out. The contractor would go. The first contractor um, turned up um just was in the area so went and knocked on the door uh tenant got really angry that there was no notice given um despite obviously he's living in a house with no carpets and it's just flooded um and so he sent the contractor away and um contractor said the tenant was so rude to him that he wouldn't refuse to go back so we had to find another contractor um and then the second contractor had 
Um, granted, um, forgot to turn up to the agreed appointment. So this time, tenant turned up, and the contractor didn't. Um, but obviously, the, the, the tenant says that you can only do evenings and weekends. So like, okay, we're trying to work with you. Um, because obviously you've got the, the dog that stays in the house. We can't just send somebody in. Um, normally we'd send someone around just tell the tenant it's happening. The tenant's normally happy about that because we can get it fixed straight away. But for some reason, we just can't, it seems you can't get into this house. It, um, so the tenant is currently living um, in this basement flat, which has just got concrete on the floor, needs flooring. But we also, when we took the flooring out, realized there was a leak that, had, um, that developed underneath um, the, the, the patio door coming in from the light well. So that needed repairing and flooring uh, laid again well before the flooring gets relayed um so then we finally found a contractor that would go out on a saturday and um yeah he turned up did the inspection they did a quote so happy happy for it all to happen and then um, yeah the first date we give them to say yep we're going to go in and fix it uh, tenant said oh no i'm not around that day so what does that mean oh, no, not, not, i'm not around i just can't do that day so kind of at a stage now it's like well this has been going on for a couple of months you know, we I, we want, really want this pro problem to be fixed because he's living in you know not the nicest of spaces right now, but he's got nowhere else to go because of his dog, and won't go anywhere else because of his dog. Um, and we would like to be able to just send the contractor in and say this is an emergency. I don't care that you don't want to go in, but the contractor won't go in because of this dog. So it's almost like the tent is self-selecting to live in this in this environment, and uh, actually, a just very frustrating situation. And it kind of getting to a point where, where not entirely sure how to how to proceed apart from just let the tenant give us the date that he can do. And because he's the one now choosing to live in the environment. Um, uh, yeah, I, I don't know whether yeah, we've, we've offered done everything we can to, to rectify it. And realistically, the tenant should you, know, you should go find somewhere else to, to live whilst we um, and whilst we fix it, which would only take under a week and then. Um, you know, even if he moved out, he couldn't. He can't go into a hotel. Isn't it? Like, um, and then we would refuse to go to. You know, we would refuse to go to a hotel because of the dog. So it's a very, very odd situation. Yeah, it is very strange. I, I, I don't understand what tenant's playing at. To be honest, you know, it's it's almost like he's being deliberately awkward, um, to prevent you from going in to fix the house that he's living in. Like he doesn't. He obviously, like you say, he must be quite content living in that condition um otherwise he would be more accommodating because yeah if you if you've got maintenance needing done in your own house you know you'll do whatever it takes to get the people in to get it fixed as soon as possible so he obviously can't be that bothered yeah it just sounds like a whinger he sounds like one of those people that sort of moans for the sake of moaning but then does nothing to actually help the situation like like Nile says, if it's a priority, you just kind of drop existing commitments. You make you know? it happen. Yeah. You make it, you make it happen. It's just, yeah, it's strange. But it's like I was saying to you before, because when we were deciding whether or not we wanted to talk about this as a as a topic, I mean, it's it's quite it's not the worst problem to have simply because no. the tenant is putting up with it. They're still paying their full rent. They're looking to move out in the sort of not too distant future. Um, which means the works will get done. I suppose the only thing would be if there was a deterioration or a risk to the property. And as there's not, because the problem sort of resolved itself, it's just the tenants sort of surroundings and well-being, I suppose. And they just seem to be kind of cracking on with it, albeit with a twist of whinge. It's just one of those wait until they move out, probably. Yeah. Well, I don't really want to be that landlord that, that, that yeah, you know, because the tenant then says, oh, well, um, I, I feel like you don't, 
care about us because it's not been resolved. And I'm just like, well, you've been working we're trying this... to get in to fix it. We were yeah, trying to get in to fix it. But you, won't let, you won't let us in. You've been working on this since July. So it's not as if you're not trying to help him and solve the problem. Yeah. Um, so you're, you're, you're not being that landlord. You're actually doing everything you should do. Mm. Um, but you, you can't. There's only so much you can do at the end of the day. He has, to, he has to work with you. True. Yeah. And also, like, if, if he decided to kind of dispute this, which would be highly unlikely, but let's just say worst case that he did, and this ended up in a court of law, two things, you play him, you know, you play the judge this episode just to kind of, like, cover all bases. <laughs> and also, you've got a paper trail showing, that you know, your efforts to kind of, mm. to intervene. So Plus all the maintenance can... guys that have been going around to the house and trying exactly. to fix it. Yeah. I think exactly. that's... One of the things that, that annoys me about the whole situation is that he's just being extremely rude. There's one thing being awkward. There's another thing being rude. And I don't think mm. there's any need for him to be so rude and unaccommodating. I think I can understand him being annoyed with the situation. But even if you're annoyed with the situation, you work with a person that can help you fix it. Precisely. You don't, you don't just go, I'm annoyed, therefore I don't want you to fix it. It's, it's counterintuitive. But then again, you know, generalized statement coming up. People are weird. People are weird. My <laughs> friend Zoe, my best friend Zoe says, I assume everyone's weird and work backwards. So I was like, yeah, that's a really great <laughs> philosophy. Like, <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I think you've done everything you can. But I think in the grand scheme of things, if the property was at risk of getting worse or deteriorating, if the tenant wasn't paying, you know, then you'd have a real problem on your hands. But this yeah. is just a bit frustrating more than anything else, isn't it? Yeah, I think if the tenant was was to be more awkward, it would be easier to serve them notice and um, kind of just basically force them to, to take that decision to move out um, at a time frame to to see well to see both of us really but it means that then there's definitely a, a date that we can work towards to get it fixed and that it can we can get it back to a habitable state and then and then relet it um to hopefully someone slightly less uh, difficult to work with so um you can never judge that because i was you know this is one of one of my favorite tenants for quite a long time uh, yeah this is the dog with the instagram right. account for long time property jammers who remember this story mm. this was um uh the, the tenant where were we talking about pets and or something yeah i, I think we're talking about pets yeah the, the, yeah the dog with the instagram account and um, I, think it, you know, I think that might have even come up in tenant stories way at the very beginning yeah, i think you're right mm. i think you're right yeah so uh yeah the, the, so this tenant has been around for a long time and you know, and we, we, we made the decision for them to have a dog and say, yes, that's absolutely fine because we thought he'd be there for a long time. And to be honest, the tenant has been there for a long time um, and um, got into some arrears. Um, we worked with them to pay off the arrears. So we've been, you know, I think we've, we've you know, done right by, by them, uh, by him. Um, and uh, yeah, but now he's, now he's going off and buying a house. And like, no, I, I do wish him the best, but um, I, I would like his final months to be habitable in the property um, but it's mm. but it sounds like at this rate he's going to be out before it's fixed mm. yeah yeah totally but you know and no big massive problem really that's a, but, but no exactly exactly mm. that's it he'll, he'll, he'll move on someone else will move in and they'll all be forgotten in a few months yeah totally like most um, property issues are yeah you ask a landlord on a good day how property investing is. And they'll say, oh my God, it's the most amazing thing ever. You get all this passive income. You don't have to do anything. Ask them on a bad day. They'll say, I hate tenants. I wish I didn't, I was got into this. Uh, do, uh, do you think, do you think I'm right? 
Yep. Yep. Totally agree. <laughs> totally agree. It's so true. Because so also, <laughs> take your moment you're... to ask that question. <laughs> it's true. Because when you said it as well, it's like when it rains, it pours. I mean, pardon the pun, you know, because we've got water related issues this episode, but it really does feel like that. It's, it's, it, you just go for this really long period of time of no issues and the income's coming in and tenants are paying and everyone's happy. And then all of a sudden, it's like not one, but two, but three, but four problems. And you're like, what the hell's going on? Yeah. <laughs> it, it and, and, a, and a new roof. And, and then they, well, yeah, we had that issue. Yeah. It, it does seem that just the, it was like the, the tenants all deciding to move out at the same time earlier in the summer. And then <laughs> yes. not all the maintenance issues seem to arrive all at the same time. It's just like, <laughs> what's next? <laughs> the thing is now, like, like we get we get to pro- the point where the portfolio is full again. Mm-hmm. And he's like, OK, right now, now the money's coming in. Now the universe is conspiring to spend it for us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, don't get comfortable. Don't enjoy this money because it's come in. It's got to go out again. <laughs> yeah. so, well, you, you, you kind of, you rationalize at the time as well. You say, okay, so I need to use this once. So for example, the roof, I'm, I'm kind of rationalizing a roof that needs to be replaced on a property in the Northeast. And uh, it's been patched for, for years and years and years. We bought it. And I think we, we must have patched it two or three times over the last um, four, three, four years. Um, and now, and then Nara rings up and says, got some bad news. Just like, oh, what now? It's like, contractor said you need a new roof. And you, you know about this, Joe. And people, I can't remember what episode we talked about this on, but you know, you had the, um, the, the double roof. Uh, this is only a single roof um, and a flat roof at the back. But again, because it's quite a tall building and the, the scaffolding itself is expensive. So even to patch it and get up there is, is, um, is tricky. So it's going to have to be re roofed. But we'll come with a ten-year guarantee. Comes with a ten-year guarantee, yeah. And um, we, which means that we know it's done. It's, it should be fine for twenty-five years or so. I, I would have thought. So it is worth doing, but it's just a really bad time to be re-roofing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just just with, with maintenance with with costs being so high. And time yeah. of year as well, because of access yeah. and rainfall and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I can. Yeah, because you remember with mine, it happened in. It was like February when it, January, February when it came to light. And then I think we did the works in like March. And of course, when we sort of rained, it paused. It literally did because this massive storm hit Lincoln whilst the tarpaulin was over the roofs as, as it was being fixed. And we had to decanter at like midnight all of the student tenants out of the house into emergency accommodation. And it's like, why is why would that happen like the one time you do your roof there's a huge like an unprecedented no one's seen anything like it since 1952 storm that comes in and gets with storm katrina whatever it's called and it went just straight under straight under the tarpaulin you just yanked it off the roof and all my electrics were damaged you know the the tenants had to move out it was a freaking nightmare and what's stupid i might have mentioned this before is in Lincoln, all the lampposts get switched off at midnight or 11 o'clock. So they were doing this in pitch black, trying to get people, and we were trying to get people up scaffolding with like headlamps on to like look at what had gone wrong. How risky is that? Climbing scaffolding in a storm in pitch black. Like nothing is safe about this situation. Um, But in the end, it was only one night's accommodation that was required. And we got everyone back in and they the the contractor paid for the repairs because it was kind of they took blame for it because they said they didn't seal the tarpaulin strongly enough, although a storm was unprecedented. But still nice of them. Yeah, yeah, it was nice of them. But I was like, we're holding back payments. I'm like, well, this isn't 
kind of my fault you get me like you fucked it up sort of thing so yeah. um they were sweet and just came in and, and did all the repair works of the electrics and the painting so um because honestly my letting agent was sending me footage at like one o'clock in the morning and you could just see like just water pouring through the lights or the spots and like just going down the newly painted walls uh. and you're like oh, oh yes and all the students being like 20 just going oh my god I can't believe this I'm so tired I've got to be up early tomorrow I've just got a lecture <laughs> yeah, like, right. yeah. <laughs> yeah, <'clock. laughs> yeah exactly it's like you're, you're on way you're on your way out like what are you talking about that's, you me, at, that's me at four o'clock with the, with the 15 month old you know you're like excuse me I'm up in the morning I've got to record property jam um exactly. I'm doing, doing a workshop thank you very much I've got to wake up I've got to go to Brighton um <laughs> go to watch Bond excuse me yeah got go out to sleep yeah, exactly. Where are your priorities, you, child? You've got history as well, Joe, with, with uh, water coming through your light the... sockets and fittings. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in my flat. In your flat. Yeah, that... Yeah that, that was, yeah, that was when the loft conversion was going on above me. Uh, loyal Property Jammers will remember when we had Katrina and Reed come on um, to discuss the, uh, the, the, the seven-month loft conversion that went on above my head and all the stresses that that caused both, both of us, all of us. But, yeah, no, one of it was, um, yeah, continuous flooding. Like, I have probably had four floods over the course of that seven months. That, <laughs> it, yep, so maybe, uh, it's, the, maybe it's you then. Maybe it's, not, it's, maybe nothing, it's, it's nothing to do with Storm Katrina. It's just you. Just me. Well, I had another one. So um, again, in 2018 or 2019, I think it was, um, again, Lincoln had unprecedented rainfall over such a long period of time and it raised the water table in the area, which is already high. And in one of the, um, in sort of like one of the rear rooms on the ground floor of one of my HMOs, it drops quite low. So it's very near the water table and the water table had risen above the flooring. So it was just this pool, this like, so, so, and a tenant was moving in in like literally a week's time. And the, the way to actually get it sorted was a good old six week solution where we'd had to tank it, let it dry out, and then basically re-cement the, 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 it's like a platform. It had like a concrete platform that needed smashing up in order to get to the, to the, to the source of the problem to tank it. We didn't have any of that. So what we've done is we literally just sucked out some of the water but it's still absorbed in all of the brink and the concrete underneath. And we've put a membrane just to keep a, a, a division between the flooring and the actual water table. Um, and we've just had to carpet over it. There's no damp smell, there's no damp problem, but there's basically just water underneath it um, that I'm gonna have to deal with in the next couple of years because that's not a long-term solution. But the problem is with students, you have one week's grace. You have one week between them moving out and then to and then to repaint do the turnover of rooms and then they move in typically mm. not always but typically how do you fix a major problem like that when you've got that issue it's really difficult yeah. so um this year it wasn't possible in the turnover tech we've just literally done our turnover couldn't do it then so um i'm probably gonna have to do it over the summer and maybe agree something with the tenant in that room to see what we can suss because what can i do mm. So yeah, it's water. Water's a bitch. It is. It gets everywhere. Nile, have you been flooded? Have you uh, ever been wet? <laughs> um, so we've had a few issues in the Burnley properties, uh, the little five to lets where they've 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 all got leaky roofs. I think it's it's wet up north, and we're mm. dealing with very old houses. And I know that eventually we're going to have to replace the roofs on at least two of the properties, but we're trying to prolong that renewal as 
far down the line as we can. But, you know, it's just part of the process. And I guess the, the benefits of putting on a new roof is you can properly insulate your, uh, your, your roofs and your lofts even better. Um, the, there's the, the roofer told me the other day about a, this is new to me, but might not be new to everyone else, but about the uh, felt, which goes underneath the tiles, which has got uh, insulation attached to it. So it's, it's, it's thicker felt and it really insulates the loft a lot um, uh, right behind the tiles. So it keeps them, keeps them nice, and, nice and snug. Mm. Uh, so it's quite good for heating and obviously keeping the bills down. Mm. That's interesting. An extra layer of protection. Yeah, that's good. I suppose there is a benefit of that. And obviously just, you know, yeah, keeping your tenants warm, leaks, all of that is preventative, isn't it? it but is it also depends. The cost is very much dependent on the type of tiles that you put in. So I yes. was replacing yeah. slate tiles with slate tiles. Slate tiles are expensive. expensive. You know, and not cheap. I think they are of all the tile t sort of materials. I think slates up because it's good quality. Yeah. Um, and, and they last, last longer. They do last, yeah. Um, yeah, so it's, it's, roofs are an interesting topic. Well, I mean, I don't know, Matt looks like he's falling asleep, to be honest. I don't suppose it's that interesting at the moment when you've got a big bill coming your way. But I do relate. I mean, to get those two roofs done, it cost me 19 grand. And I haggled that down from 22, I think, something like that, or 25, I can't remember. Um, yeah, and I went with someone that didn't charge VAT. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Big cost, a big old expense. Shout out to Tudor Roofing in Lincoln. Well done. Thank you for your services. <clears throat> um, will you go to Newcastle? <laughs> Not a charge for VAT up there. Not um, yeah. yeah. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we're getting some some quotes in now. So uh, to see how much it's going to be in this current um, times, because I imagine your £19,000 is probably more like £25,000 if it was to be done today. Yeah. Well, or, or maybe not that high, but yeah, definitely more with I materials. Think, well, I mean, would it like? Because I mean, this was only a couple of months ago, so I think. And was it? <clears throat> yeah, it was like March. Like I feel so, like it was like a year ago. No, it was like March. Like yeah, it only just got. I mean, I knew about the problem, but it okay. suddenly escalated, and then obviously shit hit the fan. And, and so nineteen, so nineteen for two. So I'm probably looking at something like twelve for one. Uh, that sounds reasonable to me. Like, and obviously it depends on the severity of the problem and your tile type and, you know, and what they charge about or not. But like, plus yeah, your, I don't plus know. Plus your flat roof on top of that. Plus your flat roof, yeah. Which, to be fair, shouldn't cost a lot of money. I, presumably that's felting, that's not tiling. Uh, could be felt or the, 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 there's another material, like a rubber material as well, that yeah. again lasts longer. Um, yeah. It's, I think it's about spending the money now to make sure it doesn't happen again in my ownership of this property. Mm. Um, because as they say it becomes as soon as you start patching it's just um putting plasters on a problem so you want the whole thing to be as robust as possible um and to to prevent water uh, yeah because the, the flat roof isn't leaking at the moment but it is going to leak so it's just that preventative measure you know what they say is as well as we move into the winter months it's not rain that's your issue because rain is fluid <coughs> So rain, you know, you might have some leakages. It's snow because snow settles on roofs and then it melts in a static position. And that is when you get your major problems. But you've also got the weight of snow. It's very heavy. So, um, yeah, it's super heavy. And so they basically said, if I don't do something about it now, it's not going to survive another winter. Like literally my whole roof will just cave in. And I was like, yeah. holy shit. Like, you know, literally. And there's bedrooms, you know, up in the loft. So... 
yeah um that was a pretty pretty hairy situation I just thought yeah I don't want to kill anyone you know I'm a fairly responsible <laughs> landlord I don't want to kill the tenant so <laughs> you know you, you know you weigh these things up in your mind like yeah yeah, yeah well okay, right. one, if, if you kill one of them you won't have any rent coming in so you know well like... this is it and you know it, it's it's all about the money at the end of the day so. <laughs> Can you imagine being that much of a dick? <laughs> oh God. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let's go back to Jess Leader's mantra of just don't be a dick, get your roof fixed. Just, uh... Don't be a dick, get your roof fixed. Yeah. Um, definitely. It just has to be done. Um can that, that be the pre- title of the episode, please? Just <laughs> don't be well, a dick. I think it's um fixed. I think it's about, you know, yeah, not repeating episode titles. <laughs> um Otherwise, you could have that as a theme in pretty much all our titles. It's true. You know? Don't be a dick. Don't be a dick and give a shit. Do you remember those two theories came out of? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. But um, fix your roof. Yeah, it's, it's about pre- proactive, preventative maintenance, which yeah. in the long run is cheaper. And I just have to keep reminding myself if this is actually is the approach we take with our portfolio, yeah. and just have to stomach a five-figure bill and work out where that's going to come from. Yeah, but, it's, yeah, but it's, also, if anyone has twelve thousand pounds, they'd like to lend me for five years. Um, I'm not proactively uh, raising money on uh, FCA, FCA, FCA on on, 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 on on a podcast. Um, but yes, say so, um, yes, we will be doing that, and then probably promptly refinancing the property. Mm. Um, mm. We maybe get a bit. We need these do anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. it's it's you know having proactive maintenance is is a good thing, but. I don't know about you guys, but I'm finding it very difficult at the minute to actually find uh, maintenance people to actually mm. go around and do the checks and make sure that everything's as it should be because they're so bloody busy. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. mad at the moment, isn't it? Everyone's And also just because of the time of year, everyone's trying to get as much done before the real cold sets in. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and it's and that's, that's yeah. So crazy. roofs and stuff like that, they're definitely busy to the roofers. Oh, God, yeah. 100%. No, do you know what I was thinking though, Matt? You're doing yourself a favour by doing your roofs now because of the EPC changes that are coming. You know, insulating, using this opportunity to insulate your loft would be a really good idea because, you know, by the time 2025 comes around and God knows what band they'll have agreed on by that point, whether it's C or D, you will, you know, you'll be, you'll be there. You'll be like, yeah, bitch, I've done this. I'm compliant. Woo. Yeah. The thing is, the interesting thing about EPCs is that, and Niles you know, realised this recently, um, and we've been talking about it, is that they make assumptions. They assume that you haven't insulated your loft. So your mm. EPC, that they go around and they give you a D and say, because your loft's insulated. And he's like, well, yeah, it is. So oh, we can't see. He's like, well, did you even look? <laughs> did yeah. you ask us? You know, like, seriously, it did, the loft is insulated. Because um, yeah, that loft was converted. It, it, yeah, there's a loft conversion in that Newcastle one. Um, which um, I can't remember exactly um, how it was insulated, but it would have been insulated. So Well, it wouldn't have got signed off building uh, regs if it hadn't been insulated. That's true. Yeah. So, um, no, exactly. So it should be it should be relatively uh, good. But then this is an interesting thing. So um, do you get your EPC redone once you've converted a house to an HMO? Mm. As well, a general it, rule. I, I, well, I, I would, because... You're, you've done so much work to it and um, it's worth upping your EPC certificate. I think it is now. Uh, up until now, I don't think there's been much of an incentive to because if your house is already a D or an E, therefore it's lettable, 
therefore you just you, you just kind of say well it's a de um we know it's we know it's better than this now so do i need to get it the epc redone and you know it, it epc lasts for 10 years so um, there's no actual need to get it done um until they change those those rules because you know, it's the um because epc again I, i'm not a huge fan of epcs because they don't actually calculate energy efficiency in a good way i don't think and i might get people shouting at me for saying this um but i had um uh you know i've got an all electric property and um it was down i say down valued but down rated because um of of the fact that the way that the epc calculates is they say oh most of this comes from fossil fuels your electricity I was like well i'm on a 100 green supplier here so i'm not actually using any fossil fuel to supply this property so how can you how can you give me the cpc rating and um so it's I, I don't think it's the system is good enough to say oh these properties need to be c because i think it needs to change how they calculate it to get to a c to take into account modern build methods um i think actually being done to the property um as well I actually don't know what qualifies it as to see actually I, I will need to look into this because you know we do have to kind of get our um energy ducks in a row our insulation ducks in a row but things like I'm guessing it's like solar panels and like insulation and I actually don't know what qualifies as a C um well they don't look at things um because it's quite arbitrary uh you've got you know double glazing single glazing um triple glazing yeah, and they, they all that all counts. So do they look at how airtight a room is, how airtight a building is, um, you know, all, all that kind of um, stuff, which actually does have a huge impact. You know, um, something that we were talking about, Niall and I did a, a uh, Instagram live with um, a couple of um, friends, Beco Properties, um, friend who's got Baker Properties, and then we, we were talking about mechanical ventilation heat recovery. Um, so ventilation heat recovery there's a lot of words there what does that mean <laughs> so me me mechanical ventilate ventilation and heat recovery uh -huh. so mvhr system uh -huh. so basically it's um a machine that goes in your attic um which for which um kind of moves air around it, ta it takes moisture out of the air um it's, it's like a big extractor fan but it but it keeps the, the property at a similar at a similar heat and humidity so um, it is a way of heating as well as um, keep uh, purifying the air so, oh but in order for it to work effectively you've got to have quite a nice tightly um, kind of airtight property so if you have one of those in your property would that be can take taken into consideration as part of an EPC assessment, or would it not? I I don't know whether I don't think it would because account. it's like a detachable, unpluggable. It's not part of the fabric of the building, is it? So I can't imagine it would be. Yeah, because it's not necessarily going to make the property more efficient if it's not used in the right way either. Like it's not like yeah. insulating the walls; that's not going to move anywhere. Or yeah. triple glazing—that's not going to go anywhere. No. A lot of it is also in the insulation. So if you put triple glazing and you don't install it correctly, then you have gaps around it, then it's not efficient. If you install one of these MVHR systems and it's not installed correctly, then it actually could be really inefficient. Um, yeah. So um, part of it is in the technology, but part of it is in the fitting. Mm. And a lot of contractors don't necessarily know how to you know, work with some of this new technologies. Um, 
had a similar conversation with, with, with one of our letting agents today, actually. And he was talking about how offices are built in offices and some residential are built in the States where it's where the pressure is positive on the inside. So you pump air from the outside in, mix it with um, air from the inside so that whenever you open a window, the air is actually going out, it's not coming in. So it's positively pressurizing a building, which is better for yeah. better for you heating. Open a window, air is going. So the pressure out. is, yeah. So there's more pressure inside than outside for the so air will go out through the through the oh, window. Okay. It's quite interesting. I don't know much about it, but um, yeah, we should get. We need an energy uh, person, don't we? We should get Beco Properties on. Yeah, they sound like they know this kind of stuff. Yeah, it, it was it was really interesting actually yesterday talking to them because they're 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 a wealth of knowledge when it comes to hmm. um, all of this, like how to make your properties more efficient and hmm. yeah, very, get them on. very impressive. Energy is really important. I mean, we had um, the green landlady on, didn't we? To her talking about you know just getting EPC ready and <clears throat> you know all the rest of it, but I, I just think it's part of a bigger conversation that needs to happen because. Yeah, I think it's going to bite a lot of people in the bottom, you know, when it suddenly dawns on them that their their property is just oh, so way off the mark mm. um, that they're not they're no longer actually allowed to rent, you know, if they don't pass this this certificate. Yeah, um, the, but I think that as well as that, there's there's the government needs to produce enough information and help people because right. we, nobody knows what exactly it is that they're supposed to do. Like it's arbitrary. Yeah. yeah. And it's it depends right. on and it depends on who's coming around to do the test because you know it's, yeah. it's it, you could end up with different results. So it's um or yeah, spend like, a shit ton of money when you didn't have to. Yeah, so we, we do need more information. We do need a lot more information to determine what it is we need to do to be efficient. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because I, I teach on this stuff as well. And I, I actually don't feel confident teaching it at the front of the room because I'm like, I'm not even sure. Yeah. You know, I'm giving you all these warnings about making your properties as energy efficient as possible, but I actually don't know what's expected. And I yeah. don't think it's been prescribed no. yet. Yeah. Yeah. And there was someone who was saying about who's it was, was it maybe this came up in our chat yesterday, Niall. It was about um, um, so air source heat pumps becoming redundant in 10 years. Actually, no, it was um, a conversation with our, with our um, creative director, Sala, who lives up in Scotland. And they're, they're very eco-conscious in that community that she lives in. And they, they've got some old properties that have been had um, air source heat pumps for a number of years now. And they're um, worried about how they're going to heat their homes in about five years time when these things break. And actually, um, when air source heat pumps are not the solution for heating. So you could put in a technology today. I suppose it's like buying Betamax. Oh, my God, Betamax. You buy Betamax and realise that you should have gone VHS. Um, or you, get, you go... Um, uh, DB, what's it? What was the the opposite of Blu-ray? Oh, do you remember there was H CD one, and then there was like, um, yeah, there was oh, yeah, two different, different technologies. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's like it's like choosing the wrong technology, which uh, might do you for five, ten years, and then all of a sudden you you just can't replace it. You have to go on again. Yeah, but th yeah. this is, these systems are going to be constantly evolving as people become more obviously aware of what to do and it improves so i don't think what we put in now is is, is going to be a lifetime solution anyway no however <laughs> with with like boilers you know that once well i'm assuming that you put a wet boiler system in 
say all you then need to do is to replace the boiler because the pipe work is in the right place um, so if your boiler breaks in 10 years time then you just replace the boiler and it's just how do you heat the water that goes around your house rather mm -hmm. than having to rip out the entire system mm. Mm. yeah but then we yes. do go into houses which were built in the 70s and 80s and we rip out all the plumbing because it's no longer fit for purpose but maybe because if we convert into HMAs, because everything's in the wrong place. Well, exactly. Yeah, you, I think... re you reconfigure the plumbing anyway, don't you? Especially you're adding on suites, the whole thing gets rejigged. So, yeah. So at, at that yeah. point, it's not worth keeping the old stuff because it's going to be a mis a mix mishmash mishmash. I think that's the word. Yeah. Mishmash. I do find piping and plumbing really interesting, though. Like when I had a, a <laughs> drainage set, random <laughs> sentence I've ever heard you say. <laughs> like being boilers i find them quite you know like so there's something quite tantalizing about learning about boilers because there's such a science to them and i forget i had a boiler guy come around and he was sort of like just twiddling doing what you know thing and i was like stood there and he's like you're right i was like just love what you do just love looking at the mechanics of the boiler can you talk me through it please i just love it i find them fascinating because they come in such different forms and you know they're, they're different water pressure requirements different styles styles sizes types you know power it's fascinating and pipe works the same you know running it through joyce the directionality of pipe work you know the the positioning of pipe work and then of course the unseen pipe work like invisible lead piping and like damaged old piping we have to have drainage surveys and cctv cameras going down pipes so like that i've actually watched an entire cd of like footage from like a survey with a camera going down a drain and i literally sat there and watched the whole thing not with popcorn i wasn't like that into it but like you a, know what a, i mean a like CD i found or a dvd it. Oh, whatever. It's exactly. I mean, it's such redundant technology. I don't even know how I fucking played it. Like, I don't even remember what I played it on, but I just remember just watching it absolutely fascinated, thinking, I, I must I'm say, in a pipe. I'm in a I, drain right now. I don't share your enthusiasm, but, you know, fill your boots. <laughs> Would you remember Anna had um, Anna Cox who came on the podcast? She, there was a rat that was wedged in um, in the pipe, and like they did a drainage survey and they saw the rat in the pipe. That is golden TV, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I want to see that. I didn't have anything that exciting. I just had cracks in my old iron pipes. That's it. <laughs> Nothing more exciting than that. But it was, what what goes on inside a pipe? You know, it's fascinating. <laughs> Stop, lost for words, literally lost for words right now. <laughs> okay, this, uh, this may need to be edited out, but I'm the same with, so um, if I have, um, do I say this? Oh, Where's this going? Um, <laughs> well, I had a, um, what's called a colposcopy recently, because I had a bit of a, I had a random cancer scare, right? And so they had to do an examination down below. And what they do is they, it's the, the, a colposcopy is a scope that basically goes inside you. And there's a screen. And they said, would you like to see inside? And I'm like, yes, I want to look down my own pipes, if that makes sense. Because you don't get the opportunity to look inside anything ever. I'm like the nosiest human being. Like I will always sit on the top deck of a bus so I can look in people's windows, right? Like I just love that. I'm doing that on a 93 bus. I once saw the Pope. So I'm just saying worth it you do get to see good things sometimes did you go, yeah, did you go on own... the um bus to see the pope or no it was a complete oh, okay. coincidence yeah i was literally just on the 93 going down like what was it parkside 
and he was going into Pope Key's house or whatever it's called when he comes over and you know wants the blue moon or whatever and I just saw him going into the like his little popey house and I was like oh fuck there's a pope it's wow this popey house it's, it's, house. <laughs> it's called Key's house in Wimbledon and um yeah but it's just like going inside any form of drain or pipe I find fascinating including my own so when this lady said oh do you want to see what it looks like on a screen I'm like hell yes I want to see what it looks like on a screen and like you're just staring at the inside of yourself how cool is that you never get to do that just me I don't know if I want to see yeah it's weird it's really weird because you can see how you look on the inside which you yeah I'm so squeamish I'd probably think are you yeah okay so squeamish I can't even if I can't even look when they're doing blood tests and stuff I have to oh really I stare at it I'm not like so how what's your approach here like how do you look okay so here's another thing you know when they tie a little tie around your arm because I, I give blood every three months right so I'm quite used to sort of seeing them go in I always interrogate them I'm like how do you know that that's the right vein because I actually can't see that that's a vein so how are your eyes seeing that's a vein it's like when they do um sonograms H- how do you are know you, are that- you feeling a little bit queasy right now Niall <laughs> I'm okay so far <laughs> I, I'm feeling a little bit queasy because I'm smaller to Niall yeah <laughs> boys come on yeah Man up yeah, I'm, I'm fascinated by all that kind of stuff. Like my jab, I watched it, you know, like blood, giving blood, I watched it. I'm just it. like, no, just do it. No, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was just like that. I shut your eyes. Yeah, I like watching the bag fill up and it rocking oh, and then mixing it. Honestly, what, that, that, I literally could feel the blood draining from my body when that happens. You should never give blood, <laughs> ever. It's a pretty horrific experience if you don't, if you're quick. Just, just having a blood test, um, literally, I, I get, because it happened on uh, my COVID jab, um I, I was like yeah this is fine um no problems sat down and then all about a minute later i was like hang on a minute mm. room is spinning what's going on here then oh really you have that kind of reaction got really really sweaty mm. i was like oh no um i've got i've got a bad batch <laughs> so i was like, like shit i got a bad batch um and um <laughs> so, so so someone was walking past going is everyone okay is everyone okay? i was like um, I don't think so. That's <laughs> no. so, so the job. It's just me feeling. Yeah, and, and they got up. They took me into another room and um, put my oh, put, 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 put my feet up. And the doctor came in and basically said, "Oh, it's um, it's like a Vegas response. So your body just um, basically a bit of shock. Um, say exactly this, and I felt exactly the same as when I had a blood test a few years ago. Um, again, I was just like, like a man up. You know, I know I'm squeamish, but I can just do this. I can do this, and you know and I did it I was fine and then all of a sudden my body reacted it wasn't a physical I chose to react I chose not to react and my body chose to react and um so I was I remember doing this blood test a guy was talking to me we were chatting away he kind of did it and then uh, all of a sudden I just remember just like stopping talking I was like okay and he was like are you okay I was like uh. yeah and then and then the next thing I realized is that he's hit some button magic button somewhere and the whole chair's gone from like this to like this and you go oh and, wow and you um yeah it ha- must happen quite a bit and so like, are you okay like, <laughs> yeah 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 it's just a bit weird for a bit faint i've never fainted in my life but th- those two times are the closest i've come to fainting mm. um, and he said go and, and after i had the blood test he took me outside and sat there he said are you someone coming to pick you up and i was like no i'm driving home he's like oh, you stay there uh, for half an hour and don't go until i've till I, until I say you can go i was like Okay, so can you eat something? So I went and got something from the vending machine, um, ate something, and then never came back. <laughs> so I just left. 
That's I really did. <laughs> I can he, he forgot about you. <laughs> He's still been there. Um, but he made the impression. Is it like similar? Similar. When I had the jab, they said, "Are you okay?" I was like, "Yeah, I'm fine." I was like, "Are you sure?" I was like, "Are you? Uh, yeah, how are you getting home?" I said, "I'm walking 40 minutes." He's like, "Are you sure you want to walk?" For I was like, "Yeah, I'll be fine." <laughs> So I went into went into the co-op and I was, I was still in a bit of a in a, in a daze and I just kind of got sandwich bottle of this protein shake and it's just like it's like eating on the way back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You do need to kind of you, your body does do funny things. I mean, I must admit, like you do feel a little bit weird after you give blood because you've it's a pint. You know, it's a, you've only got eight pints in your body, so giving one whole one away does make you feel a little bit odd so you kind of get out the chair and then you sit down um so she says she gives something she gets somebody pints Can't remember the last time yeah. she bought us a pint hey super generous and you know it in fact i'd probably buy you too many i'm all like let's have another one let's have another one i'm like the devil on both your shoulders like yeah, actually no no last night <laughs> oh god yeah yeah niall your little wastrel what time did you get in 6 a.m. 12-hour networking event. It must be, it was after 6, because, uh, yeah, I sent Alex a message to say I was in the cab at a quarter to 6. Can I just tell you something? When Niall gets on one, like, he gets on one property jammers, and what happens is, if Niall's husband knows that we're with him, he'll message us, like me and Matt or whoever, saying, is Niall okay? Is he with you? What's going on? He worries so much because he knows this one just literally floats off into his own little freaking planet. Weren't you walking around with like a homeless guy or yeah, something? Yeah, I befriended like, the homeless guy. Chat and breathe. Yeah, just he was I a mean, really, really cool guy. <laughs> I mean, I love it. I just think it's brilliant. I love, oh God, so funny. Um, so so just, just to remind me, what was the aim of last night? It was to go network with uh, high net worth individuals, correct? Correct, which I did. You ended up hanging out with a homeless guy. Millionaire next door, guys. You don't know this guy could be the most 100%. wealthy person in London. 100%. Turns out he's not, but I didn't know that <laughs> until I spoke to him. <laughs> okay. Well, on, on, on this note, uh, I, th- I think we're going off topic of flooding. Um, I think we've uh, uh, veered purely and truly and purely into the uh, irrelevant. I don't and... know. Niall flooded his system with alcohol last night. It is kind of the same thing. He, dr- he flooded his pipes, his own pipes. Do you know what? I'm so- I don't know how he does it. I don't know how he's still standing. If I had that been me, 12 hours oh, with, with probably about six of them with free wine, um, I've no idea how I'd have done that. What time did it go on till in the actual venue? Uh, it was on till about 10-ish, half 10. Oh, after party. That, so that was four hours. Where? So where else did you go? We went to a pub, uh, Trafalgar Square, just after. Because it was in um, Mayfair. Yeah. And um, Oh, I know the Trafalgar Square pub. Yeah, it was really nice. Really nice. Mm. And then, um, yeah, just uh, just carried on. Just didn't stop. So that, that's... I don't, did you, have, did, an, did you, I don't did, have an off switch. No, and did, you, did you go with, with people that you had met in the event or did you just start picking up randoms along the way? No, I went with about six people that I'd met in the event. Cool. Yeah. And where did you go once the pub closed? Were you just in Trafalgar Square, just running around? Like, where in the fountain? Like, what were you doing? Like, just wandering around. I love it. Oh, my God, it's like, it's like pride. It's like yeah, just so wandering the streets. So. Yeah, exactly. So it, I think we went to another couple of places after, after the Trafalgar. And then... Um, yeah, just wandered around. And then by that point, when the trains have stopped, I was like, well, there's no point in waiting on a train. So mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Oh, I love that. I've not done that in ages. I love an all-nighter. I love it when the time. sun's coming up. I love it when the sun's coming up and you're like hammered. <laughs> well, I had I had booked a gym class this morning for a quarter past seven and I was just pretty much crawling into bed when I should have been going to the gym. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> well, could, could you have gone straight to the gym class? That would have been funny. That would have been hilarious. Yeah, Can doing, you imagine? Doing Has an anyone done class. that? Has anyone done a gym class hammered? I have. It's the funniest right. thing ever. I'm so naughty. I'm like literally the kid at the back throwing stuff. Like, I'm just... So I'm a nightmare. <laughs> I'm like, these weights are Oh, here's here's a one kilogram weight. I wonder how many of these I can throw. <laughs> well, what are we gonna do? We're gonna do the shot put. Or should we play the discus? Here we go. <laughs> Honestly, I remember when out one Christmas, I did exactly that. I got absolutely steaming with my brother and sister. And I got in at like four o'clock and was up at like half past five to go to the gym and still went. And I was drunk when I went in. <laughs> I was like, yes! oh, <laughs> That's dedication, actually, to, to do that. Because when I... Yeah, when, oh, madness. I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, because when I... When I, when I uh, go to bed after an, a night like that or after a session there's nothing in this side of hell would wake me up no really no, no i'm the opposite night. i don't sleep i literally i i just won't sleep I say, even if i got to bed at five i'll be up at like six like my body's just like yeah it's time to get up i'll be go yep and i'll just get up and then i'll crash later on like in a uh, big way so wow. yeah anyway so we really fun. you're right matt we've gone com- completely we off do we, 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 we have gone off topic so and um it's fine. We, we, we are late for our relevant um, other appointments. So um, <laughs> um, we, should we should go and leave it there for today. Uh, so um, I was about to say thank you for someone for joining us, but um, that's what we oh, said. We were the guest. They've all gone. Um, they've all gone. Thank you. Yeah. yeah thank you for listening um, today. Um, I have been Matt Baker. Thank you very much. And goodbye. Oh, and the rest I've been of you. Joe, <laughs> I'm, I'm Joe Lightfoot. Thank you and goodbye. I've been Nyla and very hungover. Thank you and goodbye. (laughs) Come and jam with us on social media where you can hear more and see more. On Facebook, search Property Jam Podcast. Or you can follow us on Instagram at Property Jam Podcast. Or you can email us at propertyjampodcast at outlook.com. See See you on the next episode. episode.